Oh my god, did we just spend 20 minutes talking about Emily in Paris again? Uh, yeah, and there's more to come. Hello, Roberta. <laughs> so the amazing pizzas you made for uh, dinner. Care to elaborate? <laughs> yeah, I've been making Roberta Smith's pizza dough. <laughs> Recipe. <laughs> What are some uh, what are some of Jerry's favorite toppings? God. A year in review, Jerry Saltz's favorite Pete, Roberta Smith's toppings. More like bottoms. Um Wait, did you see this tweet he made? I did. I'm actually just trying to pull it up. Oh now. my god, me too. Oh, I, here it is. I saw a friend share it. Yeah. Um I don't even know when he posted it because someone just screen grabbed it. Um, he said, well, this is weird. As an older person, and the older I get, I notice that I've become ill-invisible, or is it all invisible, he meant to say, to other people. People bump to me. Often when somebody is just about to cut me off, they look at me in shock like they only just registered me as a human, like I am a goblin. Well, the self-awareness is very telling. Yeah, finally um, he's gained some self-awareness and introspection. You are indeed a goblin, and it has nothing to do with your age. It has to do with your uh, internal age and your personality and your internal beauty, or the lack, of, the lack thereof. Um, it's funny because I'm pretty sure I blocked him on Instagram sometime early this year or maybe even last year and the magic of muting or blocking people is just that they cease to exist and you stop thinking about them there's just no they just cease to exist in your orbit and so when my friend reshared this on twitter of all places um oh actually it is a tweet sorry i thought it was some instagram uh, screen grab uh it made me realize oh this person hasn't died yet he still exists (laughs) Because our criticism never dies. It dies in darkness. Uh, it dies in the darkness, yeah. Which um, reminds me, I've been getting pinged constantly by the Washington Post to like renew, or just like my payment method hasn't like no. gone through or something. Sorry, I'm just crinkling a Polish fudge. <laughs> crinkling Polish fudge? Just the wrapper. Was also, that a Christmas present? How do you say Christmas in Poland in Polish? Well, święta or like any holidays. Święta, święta, święta. Like, like if I said Merry Christmas to you, I would say Wesołych Świąt. Damn! Can you repeat that slowly? <laughs> Wesołych Świąt. Wait, break it down for the uh, for the non-Pol idiot here to be able to pronounce it. <laughs> Ve. Ve. So. Vessel. Wich. Wich? Yeah. Vessel wich. Schwiont. Schwiont. Good work. Vessel wich. Vessel wich schwiont. Is that like parallel to the German he? The Vessel wich. Vessel wich. It's like a Y-C-H. Right. Can you do that sound in German? No. I don't know. I can't do the proper R sound, so that's my big issue. Really? Mm-hmm. Huh. 
you know, all those like guttural R's. <laughs> I mean, we have that in Hebrew. Even though I will say Germans overpronounce it, mm-hmm. in Hebrew we try to dial it down or we just we talk too fast that it kind of gets swallowed up. Mm-hmm. But uh, there's something about pronunciation in Berlin. I'm sure also it's like class related, but the people, uh, not even the people I would hang out with, I think it's just class related where some some sounds Germans just love to overpronounce as to like demonstrate their like eloquence or um, yeah i think an r should just be a clear r i don't need like doodads on it (laughs) yeah (laughs) my biggest pet peeve in berlin was that like non low class people would like cosplay (laughs) and like code switch with all their like with all the low class like pro slang oh my god um check your privilege germans maybe that should be a that should be a 2022 resolution that's on the out side of that annoying twitter trend the in and out for 2022 (laughs) i haven't i haven't seen any of those what are those oh my god i can't believe you haven't seen it it's i think i think we i think we run in a different (laughs) twitter circles yeah unlike unlike a lot uh, of annoying twitter gays (laughs) Yeah, unlike our uh, crossed algorithm wires over at TikTok <laughs> and YouTube, it's might true. I say. Yeah, no, I we have, have a one to one YouTube. Uh, I have been looking for ways to refresh my suggestion feed because it's so static. Like, don't they get the hint? Like, I'm not clicking any of these videos. <laughs> uh, watched... Wait, so what's that trend? Sorry. Oh, sorry, what? What's that trend? The Twitter oh, it's it's like I've noticed this for the last few years. Like people will make these lists, but it really blew up this year of like things that are in or things that will or should be in and what should be out. For or example, or just like it's predictions, but they're mm-hmm. just ridiculous. And like like any of these trends, some people just really drop the ball with the humor, <laughs> right? Um, <laughs> so it'll just be like in um, macrame. Um, diet seven up, um, ombre hair dye. Oh my God. Fake plants. Is that a, uh, is that taken from, uh, Barack Obama's, <laughs> like, best of 2020? God, how big is the team making that damn list over here? Damn. The, from the HRC, I, uh meeting room not hillary <laughs> rodham clinton Out, pant suits <laughs> <laughs> pants um, nation <laughs> wait so off the bat predictions for 2022 <laughs> if, if your life didn't count on it are are these the kind of predictions that like women that like siberian woman with no eyes is making or oh my god <laughs> <laughs> Oh, sorry, I almost called her Serbia. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, you don't you don't want to get the uh, the Croatia Serbian lobby. I know I have, against I have too many former Yugoslavians in my life. I cannot piss off anyone. <laughs> well, you know, you know what's a hot like nationality? I mean, I guess if it's a if it's a positive, it's fine to uh, stereotype and generalize based on based on ethnicity. Albanians. Al- 
Albanians. Yes, I was gonna. <laughs> what is up with that gene pool? I, well, okay, there's um, a disproportionate number of them in New York. True, for, for such a small nation. First of all. Yeah. And second of all, there's such a disproportionate number of like C tier pop stars that are Albanian, mm-hmm. um, or like Kosovar Albanian, um, such as Dua Lipa. I mean, she's like Virginia oh her A-L. dad, yeah, her dad is hot. Mm-hmm. Um, BB Rexa, who just came out as having negative body image issues and being at her heaviest yet. And I have, to, I have to look her up. She looks a little, she's got a lot of face. Yeah. She and looks a little, yeah, she is a little plump, but uh, bring it on. Yeah. Um, the best of us are. And mm-hmm. and then um, asymmetric Bob Queen Ava Max, also L- Albanian. <laughs> Literally, who are those people? <laughs> oh, wait. And I forgot Rita Ora, who? Oh, true. <laughs> Wait, I mean, Eva Max, she collaborated with, uh, what's his name? Uh, that DJ, that old school DJ. Um, Tiesto? <laughs> Tiesto. You know what I love by Ava Max? My Head, My Heart. It sounds like a You're 90s like, club banger. I'm like dialing up my uh, my typing here for having to research and Google every other thing you mentioned. Um, you need to listen to that one maybe i'll make that our intro music this week <laughs> my head my heart literally have never heard this song okay so predictions for 2021 2022 mm-hmm. sorry god uh i feel like joe biden will have a medical crisis um i think he's already the medical crisis <laughs> that's my two cents um Let's see. Um, I feel like a blue chip artist will have some sort of calamitous accident. For example? Like Damien Hurst will like tumble down a flight of stairs. Uh Uh-huh. I mean, he does come across as a bit of a bumbling. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe he, maybe it would be like related to him like not tying up his like uh, Air Force Ones or what collab did he do? Oh my god! Air, Air Jordans or something? He did like a fancy his spiral sneaker elastic drop shoelaces get too loose. <laughs> I have I have to look this up now because I'm pretty sure he did some like some shoe drop. What is that? Um, yeah, Drake and Damien Hurst hand painted Nike Air Force Ones. God. Oh, we also did a collaboration with Vans at some point. Those are pretty cute. Okay, once and for all, what is the what is the artist statement behind those like <laughs> dots? Because that was, oh God, the I, was I wasn't cognizant enough art theory wise to have had it like register. <laughs> What is what is with that art artwork? I have no idea. I'm gonna have to look it up. But you know, I, when when are the dot paintings gonna appear in a Sex and the City? Sorry, and just like that. <laughs> um, I mean, I think they won't because that what's her name L W T L T W is not gonna purchase them into her black only collection. <laughs> 
Um, Which was nice on episode four, minus that tacky Derek Adams painting. <laughs> yeah, I mean, most of the paintings were nothing to write home about. I, I mean, she could have had a uh, Henry Taylor in her home. She could have uh, really stirred some controversy and had the Emmett Till painting by oh Dana God. Schutz hanging oh in her living God. room. That's a conversation starter for the uh, for the upper echelons of the Upper East Side. A Stanley Whitney. She had a Stanley Whitney in the apartment. Did she? She pretty sure she did. Oh, yeah. I didn't notice that because yeah. because it just seemed like all figuration because she was riding a market trend. <laughs> <laughs> no, I cl- I clearly remember. Maybe it was one of the smaller prints, but I remember one of those in the background. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, did um, you watch the episode five preview? Uh, I did, but at this point, I don't want to spoil anything for myself. Yeah. So we're just going to watch it tonight. Anyway, elder moments. <laughs> really? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I might have I might have seen that <laughs> Carrie like struggling to make it up a stoop of stairs or something. <laughs> Which is totally unbelievable because she's so <laughs> lithe and in the also, best like, shape she's ever been. Is is the storyline going to be like the years of Manolo usage caused that? <laughs> Louboutins. Yeah. Oh, you know what could really like put the last nail in the coffin of this show? If they brought back Jennifer Hudson. <laughs> Poor Cammy. <laughs> Louise, <laughs> Louise, back from St. Louis, <laughs> um, with her now vintage Louis Vuitton, yeah. with that ugly ass, nasty <laughs> Louis Vuitton bag. <laughs> oh my god! Oh the, my god. The, just the level of on the nose punning that <laughs> that transpired on that in that movie was even too much for me. <laughs> Thank you, Michael Patrick King. Oh, my God. Um, did you watch uh, a Curb Your Enthusiasm se- se- season finale? Ugh, I haven't. I'm waiting to watch it with my parents. It's it's, it's, it's one of our family hysterical. shows. Yeah. Ugh, I can't wait, though. I I know that he gets that um, kid from the election line, right? To play young Larry. What kid? In the previous episode, he's in line to vote, and this guy comes around that kind of looks like a young version of him. Oh, right, yeah. Okay, yeah. That was no, the, yeah, he gets somebody else to play his young self okay. on the show. And Ted Danson with a, like, bald... <laughs> like, what, what do you call it when it's not a toupee? Like a bald toupee? Oh, uh, a bald cap. A bald cap, yeah. <laughs> um... Yeah. Anyway, it's a pretty funny episode. Also, f- briefly featuring our short queen, Lily Collins. <laughs> Very Is happy she to say short? She's actually not short. I, okay. We had to look it up. She's 5'5", five five, which she looks very short on the show. Yeah. But like all these scenes when she walks side by side next to uh, Gabrielle. Yeah. I'm assuming he's like average plus like hide for a French, for a frog. Um. <laughs> And she's like, she's not that much shorter than him. I don't yeah, know. he's probably short. I feel like a lot of male actors aren't that tall because it's just too awkward to kind of Is film that, around. I guess so. I never thought of that being a prerequisite or... Um, just think of Tom Cruise. 
<laughs> well, Tom Cruise is really an an anomaly. Um, I'm just looking up his height. Sorry, but What's his name even. Oh my God! There was that moment in Emily in Paris season two, which I think that came out right after we recorded our last episode, right? Mm-hmm. Um, where she <laughs> talks about like weight and body things. I was like, you need to eat healthy. Blah, blah, blah. You can't starve yourself. And it's like, girl. Wait, who says that? Lily Collins. Who does she say it to? I don't remember. It's like about dieting and like, oh, you can't just not eat. And then it's uncomfortable because Lily Collins is like so frail, rail thin. Right. It's like uh, uh, the, the Nicole Richie, uh, Rachel Zoe days. Oh my god, we should totally rewatch uh the Rachel Zoe show. Zoe show. Is it Zoe? Uh yeah, yeah the Rachel Zoe project. We should because project, I started re I watched like the two first episodes with a friend recently. And it was so good. <laughs> we should totally she, rewatch like, together. That show cemented the um why am I blanking on it? The raspy raspy uh vocal fry oh yeah she like invented vocal fry yeah she was such a she was a at the vanguard of so many new trends (laughs) it's true and like vintage revivals because her whole like california like yeah like boho uh, chic yeah the boho chic she i'm sure like it like regained popularity even before her as a revival but she she totally like made it happen um caftans okay uh, what i wanted to know is laurent g or laurent g on emily in paris who is he supposed to like mirror in real life that super messy like black fashion designer that appears in season two because there's no way they like made this character completely out of whole cloth he's just too real He's probably just like an amalgam of like messy fashion world people. Yeah. Also, I've never like he. Is he on anything else? Oh, you know what it probably is? Maybe it's like referring to. No, wait. No, because it was like that Pierre Cadeau that did the suitcase collaboration. Oh, no. Sorry. Laurent G is somebody else. Or is that the name of the character? But the character. Was the character supposed to be French or was he American? No, he's American. I'm just so ill-prepared for this episode. I'm sorry. So it's okay. It's uh, par for the course with our podcast, yeah. Thoughts on Art. Make sure you like, subscribe, and share so in 2022 we can quit our day jobs and be full-time podcasters. And we've been hemorrhaging listeners, so please tell your friends. Yeah. And hemorrhaging <laughs> money. This podcast costs about $15 a month to run, so please yeah. help us make this money back. Um, I guess the question of the day would be Patricia Fields sorely sorely missed on And Just Like That or gets her perfect day in the sun (laughs) uh, over at Emily in Paris. What's your opinion? Um, She's definitely costumey. And the last few seasons of Sex and the City just got really costumey which reached a fever pitch with the films Mm -hmm. especially the second film where carrie sorry sarah jessica parker 
was the creative director of the relaunch of Halston, Halston Heritage. Mm-hmm. And that's why Carrie was in so many like Halston looks. Um, I didn't even realize that. Yeah, that was the thing that happened around that time. Mm-hmm. So that's why she's very like disco diva in the second Sex in the City. Uh-huh. And you really see that carry forward into um, Emily in Paris, where like the clothes are really fun, but it's so fantasy like and um, costumey. Mm hmm. Like, no one would be wearing any of those looks. (laughs) Right. Whereas at least maybe there's some realism now in and just like that. That was kind of, I don't know, connected to the early parts of the series. You know, where it was about fashion, but it wasn't so outlandish in a way. Or like overstyled or something. By the way, the designer's name is Gregory Dupree on uh, Emily in Paris. How did you like his fashion show at uh, Versailles? (laughs) Well, I was hoping they would make a Battle of Versailles reference, which they did not. Um, Mm -hmm. Lost opportunity. And the fashion show was so lame. It was just like... It was pretty lame. I feel like in 2021 to make a popular culture reference to like... The intersection of black culture, voguing, high fashion in Versailles is just the... I know. It's laziness. No, it's... This happens a lot in Emily in Paris, actually. It's like things that are like 10 years too late. Right. Um, And this has happened before, and I can't think of it off the top of my head, but there are things that have happened that are just so obvious. Mm. Um, Because this Versailles thing is like literally... Remember Beyonce before the self-titled album dropped? There was this kind of promo video where she was kind of like Marie Antoinette. Vaguely. And it was like the same aesthetics. It was like underwear with these kind of like cage-like things that go over it. Right. Creating silhouettes. Um, Other people have also played with these visuals. It's not groundbreaking. I don't know. They could have done more. If Beyonce does it, you know, it's not, it's like not cutting edge. (laughs) And that was like 2012 or 2013. Yeah. Except for her self-titled album, which felt cutting edge when it came out. Yeah. It felt fresh and fun and new. Yeah. It felt fresh and intimate. And the visuals too. Um, It was good. Yeah. But everything that kind of preceded and came after is just like, uh, I don't know. know. Um... I honestly cannot tell what I prefer fashion-wise. Emily in Paris versus and just like that. I just, I kind of love that, the whole costume vibe. It makes, I enjoy it a touch more um, on Emily in Paris because it's Paris. There's a removal. Yeah. There, there is a sense of trying to create some, um, um, some closeness and, uh, closeness and, uh, like, uh, um, familiarity i guess with some of the scenes uh, on and just like that yeah also i um, could see that girl doing that in paris you know it's like yeah just moved I to mean, paris she, i want to be in paris so she dresses yeah. like that i mean the whoever does the styling on and just like that is definitely a disciple of patricia fields or was hired to yeah well that designer i don't remember their name but they worked with her on the previous stuff Oh, really? Like on the movies, yeah. 
And she, like Patricia Fields was definitely friends with uh, Kim Cattrall. So there Mm -hmm. might be some bad blood there. But she has liked posts like uh, Kristen Davis's posts and stuff relating to the series. So I don't think she like hates them or anything. And also turns out the culprit for And Just Like That being so annoyingly woke is, drumroll, Cynthia Nixon. (laughs) (laughs) If only she'd become governor. (laughs) Yeah. Turns out she put a lot of clauses into that contract steering the plot lines and the just the general vibe of the show towards a more like crt-ish like wait uh, is she a cia psyop (laughs) um potentially (laughs) forever to just be like oh god this wokeness (laughs) i'm done with it I think it was that in the Atlantic or somewhere, there was an article somewhere this week that was saying that like woke culture, quote unquote, whatever, uh, is going to be America's like next big export. Yes, cultural export. They were advertising on Twitter. Yeah, which kind of makes sense. It's just it could fit perfectly in every single culture and country. You just have to like, as Bloomberg said, says like identify who's on top and who's like at the bottom and create these sort of clear demarcations and stir up the like national conversation surrounding yeah. who's being oppressed and who's being, um, yeah. who's oppressing. I mean, they already um, have ex- exported it. It's like the, uh, <laughs> this a contextual argument. Um, to the, I mean, it's, it's, it hasn't reached reductive levels in other cultures yet as it has here in America. So I think there's still a ways, ways to go yeah. um, with implementing it. Um, okay. Random side note. How did you like Alfie, his character? <laughs> Wait, which was Alfie again? The British guy on Emily in Paris. Oh, he's Her really British cute. Lovers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I forgot his I, name. No, he was really cute. Yeah. I enjoyed him too. I liked him. Um, I think that was a good casting choice. It's just a good show. I mean, F the haters. It's yeah, a great show. No, it is really great. Yeah. Um, I love Camille. She's beautiful. I wish my daughter looked like her. <laughs> um, As I, I told like, you, sorry yeah. to be pervy, that's the kind of girl I would sleep with if I was forced to. Same. <laughs> if I was forced to. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I would like to see more art on Emily in Paris because Camille runs a fucking gallery. Why did we only True. see proper like art? And there's a screen grab I'm seeing at a fashionista.com a feature about Emily in Paris of Camille, Camille, sorry, sitting in her office and there's some like cute abstracts in the background. I guess they're from season one. Oh yeah, but, there was the, um, the show on season one. Yeah. She strikes me as someone with good taste. I mean, everybody on the show has a fair modicum of good taste Mm -hmm. and i just love how everything sort of takes place it's such a a classic sitcom in the sense that everything takes place in like one compound or because like (laughs) everything is in that fucking like building with the courtyard the gallery is there the ad agency is there (laughs) um (laughs) the restaurants close by it all seems like it's within a three block radius yeah I'm sure she lives nearby. And I'm also like, I mean, I'm no idiot. I'm sure this is like absolutely no a uh, 
like normal depiction of life in Paris. Nobody lives that centrally or that sort of high class. Also, Emily only like hangs out with rich people, basically. Yeah. She like rolled in town from Chicago and ends up hanging out with like heirs and heiresses. And... <laughs> I mean, um, that's what happens when you're in our ridiculous fields. <laughs> um, Even as yeah. an artist. Yeah, I guess so. That's true. Oh my god, did we just spend 20 minutes talking about Emily in Paris again? Uh, yeah, and there's more to come. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, looking forward to season three. Also, just one last thing. There was so much French in this episode. I know, I was shocked. You, you couldn't even let it just run in the background. You constantly had to look at the screen. But that's why I have um, to rewatch it, because like there was a table in the way, and I missed a bunch of the subtitles for half the episodes. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, when I went to see uh, West Side Story, uh, there's like a good amount of Spanish in it, and they made a conscious decision to not include uh, subtitles mm-hmm. for the American viewers. But they also made it sort of, sort of like Dora the Explorer type Spanish, where it's kind of easy to deduce what was, they're saying. It was actually but, Esperanto. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, thanks for the Spanish course steven spielberg <laughs> world-renowned jew um oh my god i do not know why i just got a flash of the image of ugly ass jeff bezos on his yacht all roided up with is that it, is, it the, is it the tweet i retweeted oh my god he's so gnarly where he it's, it's like jeff bezos has now reached his hell's kitchen roid queen phase he look like he just looks like that type of New York gay queen, like middle age. I can hear the like the whiny, squeaky like pitch yeah, in their voice. Totally, like um, n- native New Yorker, not necessarily from the city proper. Yeah, whiny, nasal. squeaky voice. Yeah, like amped up on uppers, roided, uh-huh. leathery, saggy skin. High strung wonders yeah. why they're still single in their mid fifties. Yeah, you maybe you end up having a date with them, and then they freak out about something when you go over. Yeah, their collection of Victorian dolls that they have to <laughs> evacuate from the bed every time you have sex with them. In mild reference to an old Sex in the City episode. <laughs> well, for this episode, one of our instagram posts can be my face on that body because true i approve of that body (laughs) (laughs) i find it really disgusting and such a funny midlife crisis to experience as the world's richest man there is hope for all of us because money money's not the solution as jeff bezos clearly demonstrates he's definitely juiced up um in my opinion for legal reasons Uh, and also that (laughs) It's crazy once you undergo such like a physical uh, revolution, the people you start hanging out with have to like be par for that course because that skank he's on the yacht yacht with, <laughs> you see her duck lips. <laughs> I think they just went on like a oh. surgery weekend getaway or something because like, they both look mangled. But you know, as, as I told you, um, I thought he was really cute in the 90s. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's fine. Balding, wearing his little blue Oxford shirt with one button undone. It's just so funny to still have that urge 
as the world's most accomplished individual to still want to prove <laughs> things on a very superficial level to other people. Like the roid body and going to space all in one year. With a fucking cowboy hat. You're such a loser. But also oh thanks for like shipping. Th- thanks for one day deliveries. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for the Amazon locker at the AO hostel near my apartment. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> um, okay. Should we talk about some art today? Uh, I guess so. <laughs> so that our... I mean that maybe that's why we're hemorrhaging listeners. Okay, do you guys want to hear about art or not hear about art? Let us know. Yes. Slide into our DMs. Um wait, first do an antigen test and then slide into our DMs. Um a binax so we'll, now. Um, yeah. Is that a gender neutral <laughs> antigen test? <laughs> Um, oh my god defeating the binary with every swab <laughs> okay so maybe we can put our um artnet news pro login into good use <laughs> for a change um and reference this piece that came out today um here are the 11 biggest controversies that royal the art world in 2021 and the questions they raise about the future um that's the one we want to talk about right yeah that sounds like the fun one okay um let's see which ones are worth dwelling on um Um, well noted local crackhead hunter biden opens the story up Mm -hmm. Um, with the really annoying question should hunter biden really be selling his art (laughs) like well okay (laughs) Um, I honestly found that whole story so uninteresting and also most of the like features in this article just go to show that there's definitely intellectual bankruptcy moment for the art world because the stuff that occupies it on a daily level is either like what art world scammer got locked up (laughs) and or NFT blah blah like cold dishes served to you by crusty boomers basically (laughs) i will say though there is something very sketchy about hunter biden selling paintings for half a million dollars how is that any less sketchy than uh louis hollowell (laughs) rising in value from like fifteen thousand to a quarter million within a month like a couple of years ago over a christian rosa squiggle yeah but is he wait, but is in he, 2014 is he sharing a cell with Gilaine as we speak or <laughs> what's well, the latest should, on him you should walk down the block and, and see <laughs> it is it's actually not right like by my studio but i do pass it when i take the bus to the studio <laughs> uh the old faithful m37 <laughs> the one that never came for me <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. It's okay. That's why I went did, to Popeyes. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say you did treat yourself to a Popeyes that day. Uh, I'm going to post a picture of the chairs at Popeyes <laughs> for some designer Hawkeye to ID the designer for me because that is some like top shelf like designer chairs that they have in that location. <laughs> they, they, It is a very nice knockoff. It's um, so nice that I'm like actually I was looking for it online to maybe like get it for the kitchen because 
As you said, it's a knockoff. Yeah. It's a... Wait, which one is it? Uh... It's just a really nice modern... Has like hints of a Memphis group. Um, uh, damn it, where's that picture now? I can't find it. <clears throat> it's uh, it's on the tip of my tongue right now. I was like, uh, I I will say the chicken tenders. Sorry, the chicken tenders I had were a little dry. Really, you have to get the sandwich. I was just in the mood for like three tenders. I didn't want to overdo it, and of course they throw in a fucking biscuit, and their biscuits are amazing. Um. Anyway, yeah. Um, spot the difference between Hunter Hunter Biden's like a sketchy presence currently. His is just more blatant than the stuff that gets that feels a little more dignified over at the uh, at the blue chip galleries. I think maybe totally. this feels extra sketchy because what's that gallery he shows with? never heard George, of it and you can't even george berger where is it <laughs> like west houston <laughs> oh and there's a berlin location and i looked up the location it's in some weird corner of prince Lauerberg. seems super sketchy oh i thought that was the marta gnoop <laughs> ghost location that's, that's been a skeleton of his it's old oh self for years now next to that coffee shop next to espresso house that we next went to, to the car that fucking coffee shop man they're so stingy there. Like they are just so like protective of their studenten discount that like oh. I fucking once laminated my like my MetroCard equivalent to like ride the the subway in Berlin that you get as a student for like I don't know what it goes for now, but like I paid like two hundred and fifty euro per semester or something which is really cheap and that was the the totality of my tuition fees but little did did i know you're not allowed to you're not (laughs) supposed to laminate that fucking flimsy piece of paper you're supposed to keep it in your pocket and hope that it doesn't disintegrate over like the course of six months and i got fucking controlled on the (laughs) fucking u-bahn and i got a ticket and in order to like um to have it rescinded, I had to go to their headquarters and stand online and back to a woman explain to her <laughs> that I, like at the end of the day, like debts are forgiven in Germany if only you would like genuflect and admit that you're a bumbling <laughs> idiot of a foreigner. That's the only way to get stuff forgiven in Germany. Oh God. Um, By the way, it's a just, Jean Prouvé chair. Oh, let me write yeah. it down. Jean Prouvé. Yeah, Jean okay. Prouvé. Sorry, it was on the tip of my tongue. <laughs> yes, thank you. Damn, that is such a beautiful chair. Everybody roll up to the Popeye's location at the gas station. You have the gas station in Gowanus. <laughs> it is a very nicely designed fast food spot, I have to say. Like, yeah, I also took a photo of the Jean Prouvé knockoff chair there. Yeah, great minds think alike. Also, we both have expensive tastes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Listen, when I browse the selection on Wayfair, for some, like, miraculous reason, I don't look at the prices, but I only stop on things that are, like, way outside my budget. <laughs> you know, I think I'm going to tell my parents to get the knockoff Jean Prouvé chairs. Um, I'm actually looking it kitchen. up now. I think that would be really nice. Where do what's the chair's name? Uh, I can't remember, but it's okay, like we'll look up. <clears throat> if you just type in like Jean Prouvé chair, 
comes up. I will. Anyway, Art World, take a back seat for a moment or just sit this one out because I don't think you're in a position to tell Hunter Biden whether he should be selling his art <laughs> or not. Maybe just look into your own shady dealings first before you dispense any advice yeah. to anybody else. Um, and on that note, is the era of the Art World scammer coming to an end? <laughs> Um, all industries have their share of bad apples, but the art world has its own unique basket of notorious characters whose wrongdoings are inextricably linked with the wooly nature of the art trade. Um, Angela Gulbenkian, <laughs> Gulbenkian, the German socialite and purveyor of 1.4 million Yayoi Kusama pumpkin sculpture that she had no rights to and obviously never delivered to her hapless buyer was sentenced to three and a half years in prison. Authorities closed in on another alleged scammer artist, Christian Rosa, who was indicted on charges of selling fake Raymond Pettibon paintings. He was arrested in Portugal in December. I This is literally the first time I'm reading <laughs> about this Angela Gulbenkian Oh, person. I remember this, but I remember her, her name being different. She, I mean, is, that, is she Armenian? Oh <laughs> Yeah, she's got an Armenian last name. There's if you Google her, there's pictures of hers with the uh Ai Weiwei. She she seems less honestly, look up her pictures. She looks like a spicy bitch that like Anna Delvey style. <laughs> I mean that face. That is some heavy self-tanning that could only happen in Germany. <laughs> like there's Zeta Zix. Like <laughs> topless models with like self-tanning that in america would be considered racist cultural appropriation yeah Um, for anyone that thinks germany's classy um just google daniela katzenberg um (laughs) (laughs) uh the poco domena cover girl um, or whatever you do, don't Google any like tanning salons in Germany because then you will see their menu and <laughs> and the tiers and the names they've selected for each one of them. You do not want to witness that. Yeah. Um, anyway, how did she even like get a? Did she get a hold of the Yayo Kusama and sold it, but didn't deliver on the sale, or did she not even have rights to it in the first place? Um, can't even remember. I don't want to get in some sort of legal trouble for mis <laughs> mis retelling the story. Oh my god! I guess she was a um, she was indicted for theft, and so yeah, two. She was facing two charges of theft in connection to fraudulent sales of Andy Warhol and Kusama works. You know who um, she looks like? Um, that like Ivanka Trump. <laughs> The hair color's off, but on The Simpsons, when Maggie gets sent to the Ayn Rand School for Thought, <laughs> Todd's not thoughts. <laughs> she looks like the headmistress. <laughs> this totally reminds me of our uh, our endeavor that never uh, took off to uh, start start an offshoot of this podcast for Tots, Tots on Art. <laughs> Yes. Where we explain the art in a ba- baby voice. <laughs> um, so this woke represents <laughs> my personal suffering as a artist of non-binary background. <laughs> From the diaspora <laughs> of Israel. Uh, <laughs> 
anyway, um, and then there's also the story of uh, a quote-unquote notorious swindler, Inigo Philbrick. Also, who's hot in some photos and disgusting in others. He's yeah, really... I mean, that's... Uh, Mirror has two faces. Yeah, I mean, this is one of the things I will agree with on, like, the the basic white person, like, good looks, white privilege, so to speak, because... All of them, really, all they need is just, like, to be over six feet tall. Yeah. For your eyes to be drawn and consider where they're whether they're attractive or not. But, like, in his case, like, he's just basic. Yeah, he's basic. Yeah, um, he's, he's um, not fat like me and <laughs> looks kind of tall and tanned. And the world is his oyster. No, but he's redheaded. He can't be tanned. <laughs> also sorry we call it we say tan in america and not tanned so i'm just kidding um of course there's a picture of him on google with kenny Schachter, who has covid again really oh jeez i don't follow him on instagram uh, no, anywhere actually maybe it's because of the uh the nft being muted for me on all platforms. Anyway, how do you even pronounce his name? Why do all these swindlers have names that just like they just beg for them to like enter this profession based on their <laughs> given name? In oh, you know what? You're right. I always thought it was Ingo. I always just like yeah, it's Inigo. That, and it's also had that brain you, thing happening where you skip letters. Yeah, you think you see the word Inigo Philbrick. In is that like Indigo? Where is he from? <laughs> Where was he born? He's German or Austrian? God. Um, where is he from? No information well, about that. Well, there will only be more swindlers because that's my prediction. And in mm-hmm. um, swindlers, because the whole art world is basically just one large scheme. It is. I'm actually surprised there's so few of them. Yeah, there's probably way that more that just don't get caught. Yeah, of course. And also there's, you know, the different shades of swindling, basically, because selling yeah. you a work that uh, the gallery decided to, you know, overvalue it overnight. And yeah. Like, how is how, how that's just a legal, legal swindling, basically. Um, Should museums enforce vaccine passes? Okay, this is boring. <laughs> Why is I this mean, so- I'll just... I'll just say, like, uh, apropos the just the death of spontaneity that COVID brought upon us, I uh, I went uptown the other day because I just wanted to see the uh, show, the new show at the Met, and I for some reason couldn't like reserve a slot on their website, uh, and I show up and there's like there's usually two lines that like stretch out onto the street, and then there's another entrance on 81st Street that not a lot of people people know about. And there were fucking like hundreds of people on each one of these lines as I roll up. And I'm realizing, okay, the city's like is back and roaring. And these are all tourists. And I absolutely cannot. I mean, there's just no way in hell I can I can go in. And if anything, I think it's because the Met, again, decreased their capacity limits because of Omicron. Oh, yeah. And also just kudos to all the tourists who are willing to like put up with so much bullshit <laughs> visiting new york this time of year and this time of like the pandemic like the stuff that they have to endure is truly like admirable 
flying from Venezuela with her five-year-old who's not vaccinated and can't indoor dine. <laughs> As that, that is, I mean, that is just insane. It's the city has become such an intricate web of like regulations that they're not even like abstract anymore. It's it's really like trying to flee Germany like on the eve of Hitler's rise to power. <laughs> like scramble together some like certificates to uh like permits to leave the country or something like that. I wish there uh, was like COVID sorry, free I just, newscasts. I I have to disclose I'm not an anti vaxxer. I'm not a libertarian. I'm not a Trump supporter. <laughs> I'm just an average Joe. <laughs> Uh, very much looking for the uh, end of Deblase's time in office. Anyway. I am on the same page as you, and I'm just over people panicking about COVID. And it's yeah, really and I- <laughs> bumming me out. Like, um, I don't need a four-paragraph post about how you tested positive. It doesn't yeah. matter. You're not frail, You're not special. elderly. <laughs> like immunosuppressed i'm also just kind of hoping this this attitude will trickle up for a change because i saw that you know all the apple locations apple store locations in the city decided to like uh bar people from like in-store shopping and then there was this big social media uproar and they decided to uh overturn it and let people back in oh yeah i, I saw just that. hope they're like yeah whatever so should museums enforce vaccine passes? No, it's also is such a bitch to even like enter MoMA now because there's fast moving lines, but it's lines that only have to do with like a miserable underpaid POC security guard standing in the entrance having to like uh, double check that like your certificate matches up with like your ID or whatever. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean... Everything at this point is um, kind of like minimization strategy. And I think they should just stop pretending it's like elimination strategy. Because even if you said everyone has to be vaccinated and tested to go to the museum, there's still going to be like a bunch of people getting infected. And also like what? But also like what, what? who cares? Like we we all have eyes. We're all percepting. Uh, like we're perceptive people. Like we realize at this point that all of us can get it. Yeah, vaccinated or unvaccinated, just like, like let go of the like, of all this like insane like, yeah. clinging on to it. Okay, whatever. Um. Okay, so that's our verdict on should museums enforce vaccine vaccine passes? Yes or no? Um, art are art fairs a substantial model post pandemic? <laughs> this year, prominent executives at Art Basel Freeze and Armory show left in search of greener pastures. The mass exodus reflects growing concerns about the sustainability of the business model, while a new sales boom has shown dealers that are that there are viable alternatives to gaining new clients. Um, is the writing on the wall for art fairs where some of these uh, executives head next? Uh, might be a good indicator as to which sector of the market will thrive. Noah Horowitz, Art Basel's former director of Americas, who departed for a gallery whisperer role at Sotheby's, for one seems to be um, sorry betting on auction house efforts to power up their private sales arms, a trend that accelerated during the pandemic. Um, so what is your prediction on auction houses trumping... 
blue chip galleries in terms of their mm, footprints in the market or swaying things one way or another. I don't know about the auction house thing, but considering, um, sort of in regards to uh, fairs, I think there will always be fairs because wealthy people like the social scene and the uh, hubaloo around it all. Have you attended any fairs this year? Um, no, I don't think I have. Did I go? I think anywhere? I went to. I went to Armory, a Javits Center, earlier this year. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah, it just feels like, I don't know, it's just like blocking or muting people on Twitter. They cease to exist. <laughs> it's so easy to just, like, uh, let that man go. And you just end up seeing all the same stuff anyway. Yeah. Like that artist know, that I, makes, like, words out of old sign letters. <laughs> Oh, uh, what's his name? You know the one. I mean, we're, yeah, we're embarrassing ourselves by. <laughs> I mean, wait, it's do you so not, irrelevant. Do you remember the that name? I blocked it out. <laughs> I'm. I can't remember the name now. Are we really both embarrassing ourselves now? For, no, I don't think it's embarrassing. I think it's like the stupidest work, so that's why I don't remember. <laughs> I mean, how is it any different than Lawrence Weiner, like decal or? <laughs> A Barbara Kruger yeah, truism. I mean, same. <laughs> like, yeah. But people uh, like, once you have text and something, people are like, this is so meaningful and speaks to me. <laughs> yeah. I think the 2022 needs a few more humble artists who go against the adage coined by Ryan Serhat. Ser- <laughs> is it Serhat? Serhat? <laughs> Serhant. No, no from Million Dollar Listing. Yeah, Ryan Serhant. Wait, and who's the morning show host? Why am I mixing up the names? <laughs> Ryan, the foot- <laughs> Ryan the football Serhant app. of the Serhant um, brokerage. <laughs> Damn, what's the other guy's name, though? With the tooth gap. The oh, football Michael, player on the morning show. Michael. Michael uh, Strahan. Oh, so I just really wish upon myself the 2022 will... Will feature fewer brain farts. My um, dream is that in 2022, when I go to New York for our two-person show, which we will announce soon, mm-hmm. um, that like you know a faceless profile on Grinder writes me, <laughs> and it ends up being Michael Strahan. And wait, we you think fall he's gay? Love happily ever after. I don't know. He could be DL. I don't know. What if it's uh, Andrew Garfield or <laughs> Lin Manuel Miranda? Andrew Garfield's Behind. cute, but Tick Tick Boom ruined him for me. Yeah, um, I, I don't. I don't find him good. Oh, what about your? Uh, what about your bestie, uh, Hugh Jackman, who just came down with COVID? <laughs> See, that's how we should talk about it. I came down with COVID. Yeah, that's how we should uh, address it. I just said a breakthrough uh, thought. Sorry for the pun. <laughs> Um. Anyway, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. So Ryan Ser- Serhan's uh, uh, adage that you should expand always and always. <laughs> I just wish some some too big to fail artists take this upon themselves as a resolution to be made in 2022. 
Like we we don't need a Barbara Kruger theme park or a Judy Chicago <laughs> Disneyland <laughs> Disneyland ride. <laughs> like seriously, enough's enough. Totally. Like where where do you draw the line? At what point do you say, okay, this does not necessarily reflect my creative project process thought or what I would like to you know impart <laughs> onto this world? Yeah. Um, oh well. Um, how should art institutions deal with objects from the colonial era? Um, you want to read this one? Sure. More countries and institutions in the West have been actively taking the initiative to repatriate stolen artworks and artifacts to the rightful owners. The Benin bronzes, looted by British soldiers in a punitive expedition, expedition in 1897 have been in the spotlight as a number of notable milestones took place this year germany agreed to begin sending the benin bronzes back to nigeria in 2022 the musée de uh, key in paris also returned 26 of them cambridge and aberdeen universities are also among the first in the uk to send the treasured bronzes back home Restitution of Nazi-looted art has also made good progress, such as the case of the Bavarian State Painting Collections in Munich, which handed over work to the heirs of Jewish dealer A.S. Dre. The Philadelphia Museum of Art also returned a work to the Czech Republic. Washington's National Gallery of Art and the Kunstmuseum Bern in Switzerland also followed suit this year. Um... What are your thoughts about this? I'm kind of on the fence. I mean, like, I, yeah, don't, I, I don't if, have a perfectly, I don't have a perfectly chiseled argument for or against it. The only thing it makes me want is that they just released all the animals from all the zoos in the world because, like this, <laughs> this to me is similar. Like it's a captivity of something that belongs somewhere else and should be just made to like be allowed to go home. So maybe I uh, return everything to Benin, both the the sculptures and the giraffes. I don't know if, if giraffes are native to Benin, but I'm assuming not. And I just made a, a racial faux pas. Um, I know that like the issue. Wait, I don't want to be corrected by our friend, the Nazi <laughs> looted art expert. Don't need to get corrected. Um, but I feel like some of the Nazi looted art does return to countries but not to the rightful heirs and then gets kind of held up in that drama of like proving Mm. ownership right so and a a good example for that is a truly amazing show at the jewish museum in new york that's up through january 9th called afterlives recovering the lost stories of looted art um and it's what i might have spoken about in a previous episode but it's one of those cases where wall texts really illuminate and expand on your uh, visual intellectual experience so it features about 20 or 30 works that were looted um during the nazi time from jewish collectors and the wall texts um sort of scan their uh journey from original ownership to where they were stored after they were looted to the restitution efforts and it's just fascinating um i don't know maybe in the case of 
you know, colonial era looting, it's just, it's kind of hard to make a solid case for returning things to countries, as you said. Um, also, like, it's, don't, like, don't, don't take me to the gallows for what I'm about to say, but, like, okay, I can't believe I'm gonna, I'm about to say it, <laughs> but, like, some of these works just get, like, I don't know, they get better exposure over <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> fucking Metropolitan Museum of Art than some, like, crumbling, like, underfunded, like, regional museum in, like, I don't know, Ankara or Alexandria. I don't know. I don't really mean it. You know what I mean. <laughs> don't cancel me. There's just the gra- the grandeur of seeing those works in a place like I don't know, State Museum in Bavaria or like the Metropolitan Museum of Art is... I don't know. Just fucking put up a plaque, okay? Just pay back <laughs> those nations. Put up like a commemorative genuflecting like plaque next to the sculpture because it's truly it truly boils down to the lack of edu- education because like your average tourist going to any each of these museums to view what they don't even understand to be colonial mm-hmm. era looted art is something that could be easily fixed by just like putting up a wall text and yeah. explaining that to people um you i guess what i'm trying to say don't yeah. know how it got there and under what circumstances and how things even appear in museums yeah there's also just a way to not be like super fucking annoying about teaching people things like there's a way to contextualize things without like being a, Miranda. Uh, yeah <laughs> basically we just need to like move past this like really annoying like everything is an opportunity for a lesson to be taught moment just like illuminate expand like open people's eyes and minds don't be like don't be a fucking nagging bitch about things sorry (laughs) just like educate educate people yeah with like a a nice tone that doesn't make them feel like okay this is emotional extortion but rather an opportunity for me to like realize oh shit this is like the this is here for like really shitty reasons yeah um And at the end of the day, like people just want to take a fucking selfie in front of something. Yeah. Well, it's going like, to go from one ethnographic museum to another. It just will happen to be in the kind of like home, its original home. Yeah. You know, it like it already has a different meaning as a cultural artifact. It's not like right. it's some contemporary part of um, kind of cultural practice right so and also where where's the like where's the adult in the room slash luminary who'd have the balls to like admit that like some milk has already spilled and like how do we how do we progress from this point onward instead of trying to unwind things or restart things like let's be a bit more uh hegelian about it and build on things and have like you know i a hierarchical approach to like understanding history rather than dismantling it like maybe that's my hope for 2022 like, i think they should stop, make like a copy and send back the original and then have a text uh, 
I mean, I'm fine with having a copy of like a Jean Pervu in <laughs> my home, but I don't know if that would be if that would be fine in a museal context. It happens all the time. It's fine. And also, what what would it like happen to the whole like endowment? providence structure of the benefactors in like a large let's say u.s or north american museum if the whole thing started being depleted of its most valuable (laughs) commodities like just imagine the like between the insurance expenditures to the collateral that's like loans that are taken out against the value of its collection like that's gonna evaporate yeah how do you solve that? We should get an actuary to uh, figure this one out. Maybe that's a job we should both switch to in 2022. I think we'd make for good actuaries. I could be a good insurance agent, I feel like, in the art world. Well, Maybe I, think, I can work well, for AXA. I think you could be an actuary because that's like a uh, like a higher rung, more sophisticated version of, of an insurance salesman, basically. True. Um... Okay. Anyway, I say send send it all back. Uh yeah, sure. I don't know. Like what if you what if you actually I don't have a good analogy for that. Like this everything anything I will, I will say and I will just get me canceled. Um uh, well I, I won't get into Nazi looted art. I don't want to get canceled, so <laughs> there is something to be said about individuals or you know descend descendants of individuals who's who's been victims of this theft to make their claim in a court of law for their stake yeah. in something i just don't even know how these like international like tribunals figure this out it it all comes down to like the benevolence of the oppressor so to speak because like every now and then you read this headline about like okay british council this and that is like deliberating whether they want to send this like um I don't know, stone from the Parthenon or something like back to Greece or whatever. It just all sounds so arbitrary and like depends on your, like how generous you feel. Yeah. Politically speaking this day or that day, whatever. Um, <sighs> which leads us to the other, a uh, hot topic of the year, I guess, or of the decade. Will museums continue to divest of problematic sources of money? I don't even think we have to I mean, read this one. Isn't that like all of it? <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, it also emerged that artist Nan Golden, who has been at the center of those efforts since 2018 when she founded the organization Sackler Pain, Payne, had enlisted a powerful group of artists to help her put pressure on institutions. Ai Weiwei, Anish Kapoor, Barbara Kruger, Richard Sarah, Kara Walker joined the cause. Um, so recently, I guess they overturned the the settlement um not the settlement but the like the the verdict uh well it was uh, partially settlement that the family would be personally insulated from liability right um but they would have to pay 4.5 billion right so was that in favor of the cause or did it uh i think this leaves room open for them to be like properly punished potentially i see okay Um, it's very hard for me to be judgmental or critical towards this because Nan Golden is just one of those humble individuals I wish for to be more prevalent in the, in the art sphere 
moving forward, it's very hard to say anything against this this effort, uh, which Jerry Saltz, aka Goblin, tried to <laughs> latch onto with his oh, now f- now famous decal God. that he is that he put on the fountain outside the Mets, saying what. <laughs> something something pathetic anyways i bet he's like making plans to turn that into an nft (laughs) and sell it in 2022 um my only concern and we've spoken about spoken about this in like in depth in like previous episodes i guess is that this puts a lot of focus on puts a lot of focus away from all the shady actors yeah. They're so pervasive and prevalent in this business. Like so you got Ai Weiwei, Anish Kapoor, and some <laughs> other like big names on a on an open letter, but like what about your fucking galleries yeah. who like have no qualms about selling work to be laundered by wealth criminals yeah. and like blood diamond mongers? Your clients. Also, all these other names that are on the buildings, like how did these people get wealthy? It wasn't through like their good deeds. Yeah. You know, there's rarely a ultra wealthy person that's like done things above board without exploiting others. I just ca- truly cannot tell if people are genuinely naive and dumb or if there's sort of a sense that in order to deconstruct and dismantle systems, you have to pretend like you're dumb and view things very reductively. Yeah. Because we know how money works yeah especially at that I mean, level yeah and it's a story's old of uh, oldest time like the poor wants to be rich and the rich wants to look like the poor at least in this you know in this century mm-hmm. uh it might you know turn the other way moving forward but like we all know who runs like who controls spigots and Artists should just, you know, be more aware of their complicity in this game because, I mean, how else did you make your wealth? Yeah. <laughs> You've just redistributed someone else's, like, nefarious money. Yeah. No, especially when you're at that level of artists where your works are, like, half a million or a million or two million. Like, who can afford that? But people who have made money through generally nefarious means yeah um what's her name i was gonna i was gonna name her as a uh as a, a paragon of a uh, annie Leibowitz. you should just go the <laughs> Anne Leibowitz, any Leibowitz route where you make a lot of money and then you go bankrupt because you cannot manage your funds and then you make again much a lot of money and then you lose it all over again oh that's the that's the way to live wait did she lose wealth. her money again after selling her back catalog of images uh not sure but i just know she needs a new accountant because <laughs> she has zero wealth management skills is she still at vanity fair yeah i think she's still in the condé nast umbrella Right. Oh, I guess she has a master class. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I wonder how much she gets. I heard it. How much? What? How much do any of them get? Okay. I just read something. Someone speculated that they get. It's like an, a not very large amount to begin with. It's like fifty grand or something. Yeah. Like under a hundred grand for sure, and then they get a certain percentage of like 
monthly revenue, which How then is that even profitable? Which for then is probably class? calculated because they know what people are watching. Who the hell even owns Masterclass? Probably like BlackRock or something. <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, like my only complaint to Masterclass is that I'm seeing the list of you know teachers and there's uh, Annie Leibovitz. In her case, she teaches like photography 101, which if I had the money and the time, I would like gloss over that. It's like 15 video lessons. Jesus, total three hours and four minutes. Okay. But like Aaron Sorkin teaches screenwriting. Issa Rae teaches creating outside the lines. Like I would find it more interesting if Issa Rae would like teach how to like compile a soundtrack for a TV show. And like Aaron Sorkin would teach like uh, eloquence or like speech therapy or something like that based on his like, you know, uh, hardcore speech rate. Um on his TV shows. Anyways, um, I'm wondering if there's any new additions to the master class roster. That are well, the Clintons. <laughs> oh, God. Like, truly pathetic. New Bill Clinton, president, teaches inclusive leadership. <laughs> uh, inclusive as in he'll molest anyone that's a woman? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh yeah, let's uh let's hear the teachings of somebody's nineties uh, principles, or like Hillary, um, Hillary of... Clinton teaches you how to be a loser. Literally teaches the power of resilience. <laughs> Just because you refuse to give up doesn't mean you're resilient. <laughs> Sometimes when you haven't read the room and don't know when the party's over, um, I would watch the Cornell West one. Yeah. I mean, it's that's even that's kind of depressing because that the uh he's like the most history, legit person they have. <laughs> but he doesn't have his own class. I'm seeing like a group of teachers here under the umbrella of Black History Freedom and Love with Hannah well, Nicole. There's that one, but then I think there's a separate one he does because I got an ad that was just him and it was like oh, Cornell right, West right. teaches, See, philosophy, teaches philosophy or something. No, that uh, he's a, he's a true luminary. Damn, Ringo Starr and that <laughs> die job. Did you see no. it? How old do you think you are? Oh he's God. got a fucking like peace sign choker, and his hair is dyed Anish Kapoor black. It's wild. Well, I remember when Masterclass started, and one of their first big gets was uh, Christina. Oh you know, ex Tina. Yeah, ex Tina teaching you how to do the runs <laughs> oh god i thought how she had the runs one time uh the power of the power of empathy taught by pharrell williams roxanne gay uh cornell west how do they even put together these thematic like lessons? oh my god here's one i want to watch coming in spring 2022 mariah carey teaches songwriting and production <laughs> <laughs> It's she just should teach how to like. <laughs> Sorry. She should teach how to traipse in that like tight <laughs> dress and those pumps, which she like scolded. Uh, what's his name? Uh, James Corden on his show oh, yeah. for making fun of her. She's just gonna be walking, flipping her fingers and going like. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh my um, god! Where's the Bobby Brown masterclass? That's what I'm. Oh, yes. 
<laughs> you mean Bobby Brown makeup, right? Sure. <laughs> oh my God. Xtina has a new one coming. Elevate your singing and stage presence. Yes. It's just going to be what her pulling some... away from the mic going, Hey, <laughs> what are some ridiculous ones? Alicia. Sorry, for, sorry for boring the hell out of you listeners. Now this is, this is, it now makes sense why we're hemorrhaging listeners. I don't know. I know that people like to put us on when they go to sleep. So <laughs> we are, are we the thing that puts them to sleep or is that like, is that slowly no, we, lulls them? To- we have soothing, relaxing voices. Yeah. Um, more importantly is Madeline Albright wearing a wig. <laughs> God. Like Ugh. diplomacy taught by Madeline Albright and Condoleezza Rice. RuPaul teaches self-expression and authenticity. <laughs> okay. Paul Krugman teaches economics and society. Somebody should take away his Nobel <laughs> Prize because David Axelrod and Karl Rove. How do these people like, you need to stop sustaining their relevance. Okay. Oh, there is a Bobby Brown makeup one. <laughs> uh, <no. laughs> R.I.P. Um, other Bobby Brown. Yeah. Um, ooh, Diane oh, right, von Furstenberg. But- <laughs> love her. Tan France with his ridiculous pomp. Mark Jacobs teaches fashion design <laughs> with oh, that face. No, he should just uh, do a retelling of that time he spent in the pod pre-surgery. <laughs> You yes, in the hyperbaric chamber. <laughs> <laughs> oh, your mentor, oh. Frank Gary. Yeah. Geary, sorry. Yeah. Geary. Um, who are these people? David Carson. Anyway, uh, if anyone never... has a login they can lend us, we would gladly appreciate it. Is that a flat rate login, you think, or do you have to pay, pay mm. per thing? It used to be per class, and now it's just like a flat rate. Right. Uh, St. Vincent. Damn, I like literally the most overrated singer of all times. I do not. Maybe our listeners want to chime in and explain the uh, charm and talent of St. Vincent to me. But like I do not understand. Tom Morello teaches capitalism. (laughs) Dead Mouse. Damn, was Dead Mouse always like i thought he was anonymous is this his big coming out Um, aaron franklin teaches texas style barbecue can't wait for that (laughs) isaac perlman literally i thought was dead (laughs) i mean i'm happy you're alive oh my god wait someone uh, died recently and i was like i thought he was already dead yeah kind of you know what maybe desmond tutu r.i.p i I thought he was dead already Yeah, it's like if they broke the news tomorrow that Nelson Mandela had died or something. <laughs> Harry it's Reed that died. Category of people. I was like, I don't know. I kind of assumed he was dead already. Yeah. Um, oh my God, Reba McIntyre teaches sitcom. <laughs> um, you know what? All these people should return to sitcoms like Reba. Yeah. I mean, she really peaked in yeah. that era. Oh, well, okay, I guess we can, uh, I think we can let our prisoners go. Bye, everyone. We love you. (laughs) Happy New Year. Um, Yeah, play safely on NYE. Um, Yeah, don't don't get hit by a rocket thrown into your train in Berlin. (laughs) 
Oh fuck! I totally forgot about that. You think it's gonna happen this year, or is well, it gonna they be banned uh, fireworks this year? But I'm sure there's yeah, still right. psychos amassing them. The illegal ones from Poland. Yeah, as long as Poland exists, there's yeah. gonna be There'll New be York, uh, New Year's Eve uh, shenanigans over in exactly. Berlin. Oh well. Um, well, I wish you a wait. What are you doing on New Year's Eve? I think I'm just gonna stay here with my parents and cook something, yeah. make pizzas. Yes. I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty warm here. We're doing our usual stay at home and watch the ball drop. Yes. You know what I do miss being here though, like not being able to watch um, the American New Year's coverage, like the yeah, Dick Clark's Rockin' New Year's Eve and the ball drop right. and all that, because none of the it, like Europe TV stuff for New Year's is good. Right. It's truly the biggest night for all the like mediocre morning show talents. <laughs> totally um which reminds me i like briefly watched the miss universe uh broadcast mm-hmm. like we can have ago two weeks ago fucking hosted by uh uh steve harvey <laughs> like and it, it it aired live at 3 a.m israel time so that it like lines up with uh eastern time or like you know normal broadcast time here in america mm-hmm. it's pretty lame <laughs> Oh well, um, I guess I. Uh, what am I? What, what do I wish you? Happy New Year! Happy New Year! Wszystkiego najlepszego w nowym roku. Shana Catch you on the flip side, Przemek. See you next year. See you next year. Cheers. Cheers.